Hey, welcome to the Slate Plus or Slot Plus section of the show. Uh, normally, we would call this section a spoiler special of sorts, where we get into the nitty gritty of all the things in the new episodes of Twin Peaks that we were trying to protect you from in the first section. But because this isn't a show with a lot of intelligible plot, I don't know if it really makes sense to call it spoilers, but we are going to dig in more to Twin Peaks and um, give you a few more minutes of our of our thoughts on it. All right. To begin with, one thing we didn't get to in the previous section is The Red Room, which makes a series of like just mind-exploding appearances in these new episodes. Forrest, tell me your thoughts. Uh, I kind of... So, Aisha, did you have any idea what was going on? Well, the Red Room was in the first season. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, like, the brain hanging from a tree. I can't believe we didn't talk about the brain hanging from a tree. Yeah, I don't no, know if that I, was a spoiler or not. I thought it was just a lump of fetal flesh. It well, it's sentient. Like a it's a sentient piece of flesh. So what is it if not a brain? I don't That's know. Really yeah. hard to say. No, I was... So I was... um. I was a little confused at first, but well, I definitely, I still don't know what that that brain is supposed to be. Um, so it's the are, arm, right? Yeah. So okay. there are a few things that I actually know, which is the man with one arm uh, is a sort of uh, evil spirit in, akin to Bob, the villain of the original series, who turned good, had a sort of, you know, come to Jesus, road to Damascus type moment, and he cut off his arm, uh, which I guess like represented the evil part of himself, and that became the man from another place who is the little person in the Red Room or Black Lodge in the original series, uh, and now seemingly has <laughs> morphed I just love hearing you try to explain this. Like baby group style, this brain <laughs> What's on not? a tree. So I don't know why you guys are saying that this show is confusing. <laughs> well, it seems very clear now. There's a weird thing where the, with this show and basically with all of Lynch's movies where they follow dream logic. And so on one level, you're like, oh, just go with it. It's like a dream. It's really about how it makes you feel and so on, which is true. But then in... Twin Peaks and also in some of his movies like Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive, the this puzzle aspect actually like there is a lot that you can connect together. And oh, yeah. it's really hard to know to separate the stuff that is just there for surrealism or just as like um an evocative flourish versus the stuff that is actually explaining to you the mechanics of the plot. Now to be clear, to make sure I have this right, uh-huh. like so when we see Kyle McLaughlin's character, Cooper, in the Red Room, he's like the way we you, we were used to seeing him, just older, obviously. Um, and obviously when we see him in the other scenes, presumably inhabited by Bob, he's got like that weird like John Travolta Pulp Fiction hair thing going on. And he's um, so my sense is that like we have Laura Palmer there and she says at one point or someone some character says to him at one point, like, you know, in order for you to go, like, he needs to come back in. Yeah. And so, like, I got that point where it was, like, in order to exercise Bob from him, like, he needs to bring Bob to the Red Room. Like, yes. And that's the main structural plot of all the episodes. Yeah. So, like, well, all the episodes so far, because, and this is where I guess we'll give a, a pretty big spoiler, though it's not a twist, really, but just something that happens in the third and fourth episodes. Like, it moves pretty far towards that happening. Uh, I wondered if that was going to be the plot of the entire season. I was kind of right, worried because right. I think one of the, the real challenges 
with this new season is sort of balancing the, you know, goofiness with the darkness and the the like in David Foster Wallace's formulation of what makes something Legion, uh, what balancing the mundane and the macabre. I mean, I, 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 I cite that because I think it really nails like what makes Lynch Lynch. Anyway, this is a challenge because the person who in Lynch movies so often represents the like incorruptible Boy Scout, Agent Dale Cooper, most of the time is just, you know, this evil, somewhat emotionless and expressionless figure who seemingly is possessed by Bob or some other evil spirit, which makes it like there's no uh, sort of viewer surrogate for the first couple episodes. I think everything about the first two episodes, as far as I can tell, is constructed to alienate viewers. That's a great point about the lack of a viewer surrogate. And it is it's very particular and it makes for a very strange viewing experience. And Um, then and then later, I mean, so in, in the third and the fourth episodes, I can't remember which one, Dale Cooper comes back into the real world and he's still sort of coming back into his own uh, yeah, under confusing and hilarious circumstances but it, right and it's hilarious i mean yeah. lynch doesn't get enough credit for being very funny i think you know it's funny because the first way. two episodes i worried i missed a lot of the humor of the original and then it just fired up it fired up really in the final and, two and the, like and in the third and fourth episodes you actually get like long sequences that take place in Twin Peaks where oh, in good. the first right. two episodes it's like all New York and South Dakota and even a little Vegas. Las Vegas I think yeah. like again everything about that episode I think is constructed like that glass box sequence just to like attack and frustrate the viewer well if that's the case then I look forward to the next because I only watched the first two episodes as I said before and uh I that that was one thing that I, I did miss was like the the court like uh, I hate the word quirky but you know like the offbeat like oh it's gonna get offbeat okay it's gonna yeah. get real offbeat <laughs> all right awesome well I'm looking forward to that I mean the casino <laughs> sequence you you mentioned before Laura it's like completely pointless it goes on for like 20 uh, minutes but it's it kind so of amazing much. and hilarious and yeah. actually not only offbeat but quite upbeat it mm-hmm. involves. Dale Cooper and, just winning jackpots and over also, and over again. I, I know. And also <laughs> Mr. the way... Jackpots, Mr. Jackpots, on. I was going to say. Another hilarious, uh, sneaky running joke was just the way he... I mean, well, it was not sneaky, but Dale Cooper re-assimilating into society and just incorporating the few words and concepts he's picked up along the way and spitting them out at opportune moments is just so funny. Like when his wife says, did you win the jackpot? And he just goes... Played by mm-hmm. Naomi Watts. Well, yes. She's... Oh, a, a, nice. A, yeah. yeah my, the, the, the later episodes are also when you get the big cameo. I mean, Naomi Watts, I think, is going to be more than a cameo, but Naomi Watts, Michael Sarah. Right. Michael Sarah, that was a very strange sequence, but <laughs> when it's Naomi Watts says, Wally did Brando. you win the jackpot? And he just says... Mr. Jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. I can I just really quickly say yeah. that it was weird for me to see Matthew Lillard again for the first time in like a decade. Yeah, did you love yeah. I loved him. Me I too. thought he was great. Um I mean to clarify he plays I don't remember what his character's name so is, he, but he's accused yeah. of murdering a woman in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, he's a school principal or like who in a house or... was having an affair with a librarian, and then that librarian <laughs> ended up dead. Yeah, uh, with her with the body, body switched with a man. 
and I think I mean what, so one mystery man. like there was a right. giant lump. And so one mystery here I think is whether similarly to the mystery with Leland Palmer of and I'm sorry Asia you well you already know this. There's a question of like whether Leland Palmer did it or whether Bob did it. Right, right. And yeah. I think there's a similar thing happening here of like did Matthew Lillard do this possessed? murder or was he possessed because right. he doesn't seem to remember no. it. It seems very Leland Palmer ish. Well, he says he has a dream and in the dream he was there but that he wasn't there. Right. I also can I just yeah. like put forward another sort of wacky theory please do which is uh, so we kind of tiptoed around what happens with the glass box but this monster comes out and it starts like carving up these two people in a way that like almost like brings them together and we see them later and it's basically piles of flesh with like faces missing and stuff mm. and part of me wonders if that's actually connected with the couple in the bed who also you end up with like this woman's head on the 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 body of like a man. It's it's obviously a different woman and a different man, but Lynch has done these things before where, you know, people swat by this is another thing Hard with Lynch say. is you never know you never yeah. know who is a doppelganger, uh who is like literally the same person and who is uh like when you just have two characters mirroring. We each haven't other. even talked about uh Cooper vomiting up just horrendous ghastly piles of uh, goo, I think which it's like, happens uh, twice to my recollection. There's another sort of uh, Twin Peaks deep mythology thing there that I think might be happening where there's this stuff in the world of Twin Peaks called Garzambosia. Oh, I'm glad we have our forest like to consult about Which is like, it's, it's, it's just like d- darkness and suffering and the evil spirits like, feed on it or something. I'm going to be sort of butchering Twin Peaks mythology because I don't really care that much but uh, a likely story <laughs> I, I don't care well, that I, much I basically I don't want sad. I don't want I think it's wrong to view any Lynch thing as just like a Christopher Nolan movie right. as like this right. clockwork that you can mm-hmm. uh, figure out what all the mechanisms are and then it's solved and you move on yeah right um, but That's knowing your mythology though. can help yeah definitely I really want to know one other thing. We talked about the brain on a tree, which I think is pretty clearly CGI. There's tons of special effects in the season. Mm-hmm. Their quality, I think, varies pretty wildly. But I'm curious what you guys thought of those special effects. You know, I'm actually glad you brought that up because I thought the special effects were um, pretty hilarious, especially the ones yeah. that looked like they were from a 90s screensaver. Yeah. And I actually thought that was one really fun way in which the series sort of did feel visually in conversation with prestige TV right now with everything that's airing on TV because you have, I mean, it's kind of... Um, you know, compatriots in the land of peak TV are shows that are so visually sumptuous and detailed and expensive looking like Game of Thrones and whatever else. Um, and that it was just such a fun little poke in the eye to have <laughs> like uh, these ridiculous graphics that looked like I could have made them on my computer. Yeah, I'm so glad you found them funny because I did, too. I mean, the brain on a tree was hilarious and I think <laughs> intentionally so. And this is also new for Lynch. In the sense that he hasn't made a movie since the late aughts with Inland Empire. So he just hasn't played with CGI that much. Hmm. And I think it's kind of fun to see him do you think it go was, buck wild with it. Do you think it. it was deliberate? The badness? Yeah. Like the crudeness of it? Yeah. I think it was definitely deliberately funny. You know, w- did it deliberately look cheap? I don't know. I th- I felt like it was a nod to the time period when the original came out like it because it did look like a 90 screen straight saber or what's the what's the name of that character with something head not a racer head but like uh 
Max Head? Max, Max, uh, Max, Max Headroom? Max Headroom. Like, it reminded me of that sometimes, like, the screen, like, the, just in terms of, like, how shitty in 80s it looked. And I, I enjoyed it. And I think that was, just like, a deliberate nod. Um, I'm sure if he wanted to, he could have made it look really, really beautiful. Right. Um, he certainly had enough money to do so. Yeah, but, like, that's not what he's going to do. He's right. he's going to make it weird. And, and it, it looks weird and uncanny in that way that, like, because we're so used to everything looking so pristine now. Great. Okay, well, uh, thanks, Slate Plus. Thank you so much for supporting the journalism that we do.